Craig Smith, how the hell are you? Still in lockdown, I take it. No, I broke out now. I've just been like fucking. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just like burn right now. I'm just like just like basically going against all social distancing recommendations. I was like, fuck the 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 chief medical officer. Fuck, uh, <laughs> fuck the world health. No, of course, I am. I I just. I am. Yeah, I'm still in lockdown. Uh, staying pretty positive. Um, still, still maintaining uh, social distancing. Keeping safe. Uh, what about yourself, Craigie? How's it going? Oh, just loving life in the shed, you know. Still here, Rum and Records HQ, surrounded by lots and lots of alcohol. Although shed some life. of those, some of those bottles that that you brought down, I think, no longer exist. I think I've been having a drink. <laughs> well, I think everyone I've spoke to has, has been in the, the same boat, um, pretty much, with a, with a few exceptions. Um, if you listen to Van Halen, you you've heard that Ross is actually miraculously off the sauce. He's used this opportunity to have a wee bit of a um, sort of detox, certainly on the alcohol, anyway. But most people I've spoke to are kind of struggling this week. They've kind of hit a wall, and I don't know if listener, you you're kind of feeling the same. Like I'm done with this. I'm fed up. Um, it's just the aspect of I don't even think it's been stuck indoors. It's just the kind of freedom to go mm. and do something that you want. Go to like a like a restaurant, go to a cinema, go to a show. I mean, the thing is, I've, I mean, I've I've travelled enough to know that once you've done something for so long, you still get a bit bored of it. So, like, like I, when I was in Austin for five weeks, I mean, I was bored of Austin by the end of the five weeks because yeah. I was bored of doing the same things. I mean, it's the same, like, a lot of people would feel like lockdown's a bit of a luxury because you're getting to stay at home, watch the telly, shit. Now you're getting yeah. fed up of it. No, for sure. Um... So no, for I'm sure. sorry for rubbing that in because you're not going to get out anytime soon, but you can still enjoy live music. This is actually quite a unique record because I was I I managed to see the band on this tour, um, not in Germany. So this is Annual Nose by the Trail of Dead at, live at Rockplast. I saw them at Oran Moor, um, I think back then, and it was on the Century of Self tour. Awesome. The record itself, um. It's a it's a grey kind of marbled LP, but the actual recording quality. There's bands that are hit and miss, and there's some bands that are usually kind of terrible live, but yeah. you still fucking love it when you go to see them. And I would have to say that that Oren Moore gig was probably one of the best gigs, if not the best gig, I've I've been to. I know definitely that year it was between that gig and I think the week before or the week after I went to see girls allowed and that was also a fucking great gig um but craig what are you drinking to get yourself through this well i've been drinking a variety of stuff over the over the last sort of five or six weeks um a lot of rum sampling a lot of rums different rums as we talked about in previous episodes if you've uh if you've been listening to those you'll know what they are and if you don't go fucking listen to them um but I've also been drinking quite a lot of wine, so it's a kind of first for Roman Records podcast. And this evening, I have actually brought wine to the fucking table. And and for those of you that follow um, us on Instagram and also follow our personal accounts, you will know that my kind of moniker is uh, Vino and Vinyl. So I am I've brought the Vino to the table this evening, and specifically, uh, I've got a, I've got a Rioja. Um, which is uh, for those of you who don't know, is a is a Spanish. Uh, oh, wine. it's a Spanish uh, wine, ah, right? Spanish. It's not pronounced Rioja. Rioja. It's, it's Rioja. 
So I just thought, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring a little bit of culture to the show. Um, it's from 2016, and uh, it's a Crianza. So for the uninitiated, basically that means it's been aged for a minimum of six months in oak barrels, which gives it a nice vanilla flavour, much like you might find in a good quality spice rum. Aye, and it's pretty tasty, I have to say. So Craigie Templeton... What the hell are you drinking this evening? What, what well, are you bringing to the proverbial table? I, I, you know me, I like to tie things in all the time. So in order to in order to lift everyone's spirits, I have got a cocktail that includes one, two, three, four, five different spirits. Um, and also, wow. we're talking about the band, and you will know us by the Trail of Dead. Well, I thought, what's a kind of dead cocktail? I know. Let's make a zombie. So tonight I'm going to have a zombie. Oh, class, um, man. We've had far too many nights with zombies that ended up in a lot of carnage. Yeah, uh, I remember, yeah. was it your leaving night? We were drinking zombies oh, we and ended up in the cat house. Oh, we were. Oh, God. Aye. That, I ended that up in the cat house with your former, well, your manager at the time. You were about to leave. Yeah. And uh, she ended up back at my house with a couple of us <laughs> drinking fucking rum and listening to Bizzle's Pearl Jam records. It was a bit of a mess, I have to admit. I think, I you know that way you sobered you, up? Like... She literally sobered up really quickly. It's like, what am I doing here? Yeah, but you sobered up before that because you were like chucking shots on the floor. <laughs> I'm going to make a zombie. I don't think I've really ever made a, a zombie before, and this probably won't be a very um, official zombie, a very authentic zombie. I'm excited about this. I've never made one either. I think the, the fact you're actually giving it a go, I, I applaud you for that. So I'm I'm excited to, to sort of uh, well, be here with you to to sort of uh, experience this. Uh, here's this, another uh, thing to add, another level of excitement. I don't actually have any kind of measurement tool. I think it's in the house. Oh, it's not in the shed. fuck. So I've this got five spirits, five spirits to try and put in this and make it, you know, tasty. So yeah. I'm going to, first of all, put in my rum element. And for this, I decided to go through all the different tones of rum. So I'm going to start off with a white rum. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to revisit Ninefold, which we discussed in our last podcast, we which I indeed. drank with Iron Brew. So hopefully this is going to Tastes a little bit better than that. <laughs> so we're going to put that in here. Should I measure that with something? No, let's just pour it in. Just three, a good three seconds. Or a good... Three seconds? Fuck off, three seconds. Well, maybe just a... Uh, it's a wee... Now, to get a bit of flavour going in there, I'm going for a kind of golden rum, and this is Red Leg Spiced Rum, and it's the Oof. vanilla, ginger, and caramelised pineapple version. So oh, we'll just Christ. get that on the go. If I can open this lid up, I'm going to use my teeth, I think. Oh, there we go. So then we pop there and we'll 
the satisfying pop and glug. It's, uh... It smells so good. That one smells sort of like pineapple chewing gum in the way that it's not like a sweet you'd want to swallow, but it's one that you just keep on chewing on. Um, and to add a little bit of darkness to the zombie, I'm going to go with another rum mm-hmm. that we've featured yep. on the podcast already. And that is, of course, Lamb's yep. Navy Rum. Genuine Navy Ooh. Rum here. We're going to do... Genuine. Burn it. So that's a Lovely. heady mix of rums already. It um, is indeed. Now, to get more of that kind of fruity nature in there without diluting the alcohol, yeah. we are going to go with something that we featured on our very first episode of Rum and Records. And it right. was uh, it was the mystery um, the element. The mystery ingredient. Remember, I brought Buckfast, which is uh, a tonic Aye. wine. And you Aye. brought Pessoa. I did, I. So I'm going to put probably quite a fairly large chunk of Pessoa in there to give it that fruitiness. So we'll just... Oh, there yeah. we go. Now, I'm nearly up to half a pint of alcohol already. Christ. So you've got four types of alcohol in there. So far, but I'm going to finish that off to give it some more fruitiness. We're going to go with a apricot schnapps all the way from Vienna. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you how to pronounce it because it's all in German. Marilyn wow. Core. And we're going to put a little bit in there. Yep. Now, are you going to add any like fruit juice or anything in this? Or is it going to be pure alcohol? Are you fucking kidding me on? Is it just going to be pure alcohol? Come on. <laughs> Come on. It can't just be pure alcohol. Well, so, I was wondering a minute, because like, it must be quite a full glass already. This, it's, this like... it's, it's about two-thirds of a pint wow, so far. Okay. I'll probably have to split this over two drinks, I would imagine. I was going to say, yeah. But it smells like a zombie so far. It smells. It, it go- sounds What we're going to do to give it a wee bit of aromatic is uh, just a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters. Oh, and yes. this is a... Uh, Aged bitters, because I'm pretty sure this has been in my house for many years. <laughs> and then you know we are going to shake it up a little. Do you know what? Can I just say, mm. um, my dad used to tell us... That it was poisonous. Up, it was poison. Aye, 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 aye. Which, um, I mean, that's why people just wash the glasses out with it, isn't it? Yeah, that's that. You used to put a couple of drops and then tip it upside down and it would coat the sort of the sort of walls of the glass with it. Well, this one's uh, going to kill me because I put quite a lot in there. Gonna, <laughs> I'm shaking this without ice. I don't want to dilute it right now. I just want the flavours to right. go together. Okay. And then I'm going to give a big healthy squeeze of lime in there as well. Oh, yes. I've got about half a lime in there. Now, to mix it, I don't really know what fruit they usually use. I think they usually use like fruit purees and stuff like that. But I'm just going to put okay. regular old idea. fucking cheap Bonjour. old... Tropical fruit juice. Um, it was a pound oh, in the wee shop perfect. next door. So I'm going to put that in there as well, and that'll just I'll just kind of top that up, give it a wee swirl, and then pour it into another glass. I think. So I'm just looking. Um, pineapple juice usually has. Um, you got grenadine as well. Well, the pistola will do the grenadine. It's fine. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Grenadine's pomegranate, but that's uh, passion fruit. But actually, passion fruit sounds it's better than pomegranate. To be quite fair, far better than pomegranate. Oh, it's lovely. very, very full. That's it, right up lovely. to the brim of a pint glass. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it a little stir, and then I'm going to pour it mm-hmm. in with some ice, and uh, probably get absolutely shit faced. Good times, man. Let's let's do it. 
I mean, it smells good. Uh, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers, listener. Cheers, Craigie T. Great effort. Oh, man, that tastes delicious. That's, 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 Sounds amazing. That's my zombie, and that's probably taking up half the podcast. Aye, exactly. So that was this week's podcast. Uh, tune in next week <laughs> where we'll actually talk about some music. <laughs>
See, we segue beautifully into linking it to this album. Um, and yeah, let's talk a little bit about the album. I know we've, we've talked a lot about cocktails and um, records in general, but let's talk a little bit about, um, you've already heard some tracks from it. Give us a little bit of intro about this uh, this record. And Well, this record I bought probably only last year. And it wasn't because it was a live album. It was mainly because I was desperate to get some of the older, and you will notice by the trail of records, that have never been, I've never seen the light of day since they were originally released. One of those records is Century of Self, which a lot of people don't really like. It was an, an kind of extension to how they really went down this proggy wormhole. So right. to give you a little bit of history of Trail of Dead, they had some really kind of heavy, kind of punky albums. They got to source tags and codes, and that was seen as kind of perfection of the genre. In fact, Pitchfork actually gave it a 10. Uh, I think it was one of the first of our 10s that they gave. And they were, I mean, they were a, a fledgling website at that point. I think they've taken it back now. Then they moved on to the next album, which was Worlds Apart. They kind of got panned for that. They started being a little bit more experimental. They were using samples um, of like dialogue and shit like that. And undeterred by that, they went and released So Divided, which kind of even went down more of a Britpop angle. Conrad Keeley, like the main songwriter, was going through like this huge phase of listening to Oasis. So a lot of their stuff kind of bled into that album um, called So Divided. And it's actually where them and Interscope fell apart. It got to the point where they they refused to um, make any music videos or anything for Interscope. And they finally got let go. And the next album to come out was Century of Self, which I think is an absolutely fucking incredible album. And it's the tour that I saw them on. Um, Like I said, I saw them in the Oran Moor. And the stage, if you've ever been to the Oran Moor, it's tiny. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had two drummers, a keyboard player, guitarists, a bass player, and a singer. Like It was jam-packed. And just the noise that came out and it's such a proggy sound. Cutting back to that, the reason I bought this album is because to buy something like The Century of Self on vinyl, which even the band don't even like now, um, is about 150 quid. So I thought, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to just buy the live album for about £15. And so you got me into Trail of the Dead, and I, I don't know anywhere near, I confess, I know anywhere near as much as you do. Um, so I'm very much here learning, as like you might be listening as well. But one thing I found interesting about this particular uh, live album was the sort of track listing. Yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it came from uh, not so much of the first album, but off Madonna, which was the sophomore, yep. and then off and off uh, source uh, tags and codes. The yep. the opus, if you like, uh, 
that Pitch Fork gave 10 out of 10. So there's uh, some absolute bangers of tracks on here. And this is why the, the actual show itself was fucking incredible, because it was mixing that proggy element that I loved mm. from their latest album at the time. So you get tracks like The Giant's Causeway, Far Pavilions, Eyes yep. Unveiled. Yep. But then you have, like, going back to the classics, like Relative Ways, Another Morning Stoner. Yep. Um, and even like finishing off with a perfect teenhood, which to me is my favorite song. It's on a, it's on Madonna, and it just ends with a a barrage of fuck yous, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> and as much as it seems kind of um, immature, because the song's called a perfect teenhood, it just makes sense because as a kid, as a teenager, you're like fuck you, fuck you. So oh, I totally. let I let them away with it because I feel like they're doing it. Um, out of respect of teenagers. Actually, do you know one of my favourite songs on this, having just listened to it recently today, was, um, and I've got no kind of point of reference, and I actually couldn't even tell you what album it was on, um, it was a song called, um, it's about halfway through the album, well, maybe not halfway through, maybe like a quarter of the way through, or two thirds of the way through, rather, um, it's called Bells of Creation. Yes, yes, uh, that's actually from... piano-esque. Uh huh. Yeah. So that is from uh the century of self, and it makes me think. It, it reminds me of like the fucking the who, like you know when the who go into that aye, fucking um, teenage wasteland. Teenage wasteland. Like, yeah. That reminds me of that so much. Well, yeah. I mean, you always take this with a pinch of salt when they talk about the band's influences and stuff like that. And there's a lot of stuff you'd expect on there, like quite noisy stuff like Fugazi and Sonic Youth, but. They also put some quite proggy stuff on there, like um, sort of Russian uh, Led Zeppelin, The Who's yep. on there as well, and as well as some other kind of weird sort of outline stuff like Public Enemy and Vivaldi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is I fucking okay. pure love but... Vivaldi, by the way. <laughs> did sort of pre-warn me that they can be hitting this live and when I was listening to this earlier today do you know what there was some of it sounded a bit off but it was still very seductive to me I still really enjoyed it there was something really sort of evocative about the sound that kind of sucked me into it Um, whether it be note perfect or word perfect or not and I guess that's the thing about live music it's that that kind of gets the hair standing in the back of your neck well and that's it I mean We've went over quite a few live albums now, and the majority mm. of them have been touched up to fuck that it doesn't actually feel like you're at a gig. Exactly, man. And, and I know on the last episode, Van Halen and... and <laughs> Guitar! Poor, 
poor criteria to, to edit that episode. <laughs> and um, aye, it's pretty rough around the edges, but you know, to be to be there, it's like as we said on the podcast, like stuff can be polished and auto tuned and yeah. fucking layered and redubbed. It's like, come on. See, just the thing like, is, I'm, like a lot of bands see live albums as an opportunity to release a best of. Um, but mm. have a lot more people buy it because they're live versions. And I have to say, like like you said, the set list is like a best of. They've got so many good fucking tracks spanning different albums. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. I would say, if you want to get into Trailer Dead, that playlist is amazing. However, if you want to get into Trailer Dead, you may get put off by their live performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, really, in that, in that regard. Um... Just to stop there, what I'd like to say is this drink that I'm having right now is fucking phenomenal. Like it really is delicious. Well, Craig, you you literally beat me to the punch there because I was just about to ask, how is your cocktail? Well, I um, finished. How's it treating I you? I finished my first, um, and I'm just going to go into the second. He's going in for more, ladies and gentlemen. I'm giving it. I'm diluting it just a little bit more so it's easy to go down right now, and we're not in a fucking club or anything. So yeah. I'll probably get three drinks out of that mix that I made. Um, oh, nice. Which is all right. I mean, it's just a tasty little beverage, isn't it? Pretty good. Obviously, this whole season is season. Can I use that term? <laughs> Seems a bit American. This this season has been dedicated to the love of live music, and uh, I've noticed. Um, okay, maybe in our little bubble, a lot of, a lot of uh, vinyl lovers like ourselves have been. Shared a lot of live music and people talking about missing a lot of gigs. So it's got me it's got me thinking about gigs. Gigs that we've been to together. Maybe we don't they don't these artists don't have live albums, but um it's got me reminiscing about some of our kind of most celebrated gigs together, uh, specifically together. Mm. Um and a lot of them do centre around Glasgow. And a couple really spring to mind, ones we've not mentioned in previous episodes, but uh do you remember uh, local natives at the Arches? Ah, yes. I was, I was starting to think, did we go to many gigs together? And then I remember that I was absolutely shit-faced at most of them. Uh, well, local natives at the Ar- Arches. We've talked about the Arches already. What a fucking stunning venue that was. Um, but yeah, I do remember that gig. That was a great gig. It was phenomenal. Um, I I remember driving up um, from Manchester to Glasgow to... And you lost your ticket. I lost my fucking ticket. So we were out during the day, and actually we, we were we we weren't even hitting the bevy. Um, I think I had in my back pocket. It was typical Glaswegian weather, shit, and I think it flew out the back pocket. I was on the phone to Ticketmaster. Can I get another ticket? They were basically like, no. Um, so luckily, I could I could pay it in on the door, or I could buy a ticket on the door rather. So I managed to get a game. I had to pay for it twice, which. To be fair, it was a fucking great gig, so well I didn't worth it, mate. Well worth it. Well worth it. Um, and we met, we met one of the guys uh, at the back, didn't we? We did. Um, I think his name's Kelsey. Is it Kelsey? Kelsey, I think that's it. Yeah, um, the sort of guy with a with a beard, sort of cropped, quite short cropped hair. He does a, a bit like Aidan Moffat. He likes to get on the the floor, Tom, and do a bit of drumming. During the, gigs, like during the gigs as well, which was great. Um, but such a good gig. Um, we were uh, drinking copious amounts of rum upstairs before descending down to the... To, to, or descending down or across, can't remember now. 
Uh, no, you had to go upstairs because remember the restaurant stroke bar was in like a little pit and you had to go ah, up and then back it. across. It was, other, it was other way. But the cool thing about that gig, uh, which I loved, was the kind of serendipity of just bumping into lots of like friends at the gig. It was such a good night. Um, we both bought the LP that night as well. That was the, the, the legendary fucking die cut one that like tears. I ah, mine's just totally fucked up. I was looking at it the other <sighs> day. Uh, it's great quite album, a cool, great, album. great album. It's a nice press as well. D- double LP, gatefold sleeve. It's got a nice big massive poster that folds out. But the die cut thing, nah, I was a fan. I bloody love a poster. I love a poster. I know. I was thinking, who the fuck puts posters up? Like, I'm not. I can't really put them up my bed. <laughs> no, you're, 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 <laughs> Julian, Julian, where can I put this poster? <laughs> of, the band, of the yeah. band just the just the, the four lads and the fucking local names the fucking stay uh, exactly that's a anyway Anyway, we're kind of getting massively off topic here. Uh, I did want to circle back to the Trail of the Dead tour specifically, not so much this album, but the the Orin Moore gig. You've already touched on it, but I just want to get a bit, a bit kind of better feel for that gig, that, that that experience that you had that night. I wonder if you can sort of uh, give a little bit more sort of shading, a little bit more texture of, of what the evening was like. I think actually it was um, one of the first times I got to see Trailer Dead. Now, to put that into perspective, I've known about Trailer Dead since the Madonna album and like things like uh, Mistakes and Regrets. And they actually, I'm pretty sure at that point, they were, they toured with, did they tour with Foo Fighters and played at the ACCC? And that's when I was like 14. And basically everybody was going to their first gig. So my first gig was The Offspring. But a lot mm-hmm. of people's first gig was The Foo Fighters. Right. And Trailer Dead supported. And I was so fucking jealous that Trailer Dead had supported. And then I just kind of lost track of yeah. um, getting to see them play live. So I finally got an, an opportunity to play, see them play live. They played probably a set list similar to what we're seeing here. And as you can tell, it was filled with just fucking hit after hit after hit. And also, this is the cool thing. So Conrad Keeley also designs a lot of the artwork, pretty much all oh, the artwork he? that you see. All the artwork that you see ah, on, on the front of that. their records and it's, is theirs. It's very... Um, it's like kind of fantasy-led stuff. Ah, it? It's very fantasy-led, but it's very elaborate. It's very sort of um, ornate, almost... I don't know. I'd expect it to see it on like a Mastodon front cover. Yeah, 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 yeah um, exactly, exactly. Do you know what I mean? But it's not It's not a type of music, because that's not really my thing. But And I think, I'll be honest with you, it's a really interesting point. I think it put me off, Trailer the Dead, the name and... The name's actually magnificent when I think about it now, but at the time I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Um, yeah. And the artwork kind of like was a wee bit intimidating, and I yeah. was like, mm, don't think that's for me. Um, but well, no, I, I didn't know that, so you're here, thanks for it. Um, you're here now, so don't worry about it. 
I'm here now. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on board now. It doesn't matter when I got on the, the bus. I'm on the bus. So that's Absolutely, that's all that matters. It's okay, come together, rally 